Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, bartender. Oh, you, oh, you, you're, uh, you can still hear me? Uh, I can still hear you, yeah. Okay, uh, uh. I'm using headphones, so I don't know if it's my Bluetooth headphones, maybe? Let me out. I'm sure your headphones are just fine. Uh, uh, your, your, your signal's kind of going all over the place, but I think if you stay in one place, everything should be okay. <laughs> yeah, you got full bars now, so. All right. So, uh, like, uh. Like I said, welcome, welcome to Hey Bartender podcast. We met on Insta, uh, Instagram through uh, a live meet uh, or an Instagram live that I was doing, and uh, before your signal dropped out, you were uh, you were about to say that uh, how you ran across Hey Bartender podcast. No, yeah, I was actually I was thinking about that today. I, I don't know how I came across. I, I think I may have just been like searching hashtags, like for hashtags to use for for my thing. And I think I may have just came across your page, and I just started checking it out, and I just hit the follow button, and and then uh, and then I subscribed to your podcast, to the actual podcast, to one of my podcast players, and just been listening. Awesome, <laughs> that, that's so cool. So, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I that's always so cool when I can actually interview somebody who's actually listened to the show. I love, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, Chavo, why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about yourself? Uh, where are you from? So I am from California, Central Valley, uh, right smack in the middle of uh, California. Uh, a lot of people refer to the armpit of California. It's, it's right <laughs> in the valley. Uh, so like when it gets hot, it does get hot. Um, of course, there's different types of heat. Um, there's just as us California, Central Valley, and like, it's hot. But I mean, it's not like Texas hot or nothing like that, but... Nonetheless, it's hot to us, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, out here in Texas, and um, in this, well, since this year started, I mean, the weather's been incredibly schizophrenic. I mean, you probably heard on the news that we had that really bad cold snap uh, where I'm at. Yeah. And uh, but you look at look around now; it's like it never happened, and pe- everything's back to normal. Sure, maybe a couple uh, water pumps in various er- areas probably exploded, but. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you guys get major cold snaps out where you're at? Uh, it, it like again, it gets it's cold for us. It's it's what we're used to. But I mean, we don't get snow or anything like that. Um, we do get all four seasons. Um, some are short and sweet. Um, some are a little longer than what we like. But at the end of the day, man, we're we're never happy when it's cold. You know, <laughs> we hate it, and when it's hot, we hate it. So it's just it's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, tell me about, um, when did you start in the service industry? Uh, back in 94 ish, I, I started out, I would say 94, 95, uh, started out, um, washing dishes. Um, my, my dad's worked in the service industry, um, since the seventies and that was kind of my way into it. And I want to say I, I have three older brothers and a sister so at, at one point in time, we've all worked in the restaurant industry. Um, I still have one brother and a sister-in-law that are still in it. They work at a restaurant. Uh, but yeah, I started washing dishes, man, and then uh, worked my way out to the front of the house, um, bus and tables, serving, bartending, and uh, I just fell in love with bartending, and that's kind of uh, it's kind of where I stayed, you know, and uh, and just kind of just like everybody else that's in it, or not everybody else, but a lot of people that have made careers out of it. You know, I see my dad uh, be successful at uh, serving tables and stuff for many, many years. He just retired probably about four years ago now. Oh, cool. And, yeah, and, uh, I mean, he, he did it. You know, he was an, he's a big inspiration uh, for me, you know, being in the business and, and in the industry and, and 
just seeing him do it, I was like, all right, well, this is cool. And uh, there's a, I, and I heard you, I hear you say it on your podcast a lot too, that the running saying of like the real job, you know, like that nine to five, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just like, Hey, like people are coming in paying with real money. I'm making real tips to pay my real bills. You know what exactly. Like I, I, I've never understood or, or where that even came from. Like the real job part, you know, cause we're, we're doing just as much, if not more of what somebody's going to be doing at a nine to five, you know? Right. I mean, and we come home tired. We uh, we come home with a couple extra bucks in our pocket. We're still able to keep a roof over our head. You know, Absolutely. what's the difference? I mean, Absolutely. So what? We don't wear a suit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't answer phone calls, but I listen to people every day, all night. Oh, all yeah. Day type of thing, you know? Oh, yeah. So you say you're, uh, uh, you're a bartender. Bartending is your thing. Uh, at the beginning of every show, I like to, uh, give a drink special to the audience. So give us a drink special if you would. Yeah, man. So I have this really cool drink that I do. Um, it's called the cucumber lemonade. Uh, so you're just going to slice up a cucumber, get two to three slices, toss them in your tin, um, add about an ounce and a half, um, of vodka, um, muddle it, add sweet and sour shake, and then strain over ice and then top off with just a splash of seven up. Um, and it's a really good refreshing drink in the spring and summertime. Um, the, the key to it is, is you don't want to overpour it. You know, it, it's gotta be that perfect blend, uh, especially in, in like the summertime when it's nice and warm out. Cause at the end of the day, it, it, it tastes just like a lemonade. You can not really taste the alcohol, but it's just one of those ones after a couple of them, you're feeling good, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the, so you're saying the trick is, don't get uh don't give them a heavy pour of vodka. The trick is just try to get the mixture just right. And correct. Now, correct. does the cucumber flavor come through or? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that that's where the muddling comes in. You know, um, so I, I like to muddle and then I, I shake over ice um, vigorously. Just give it a good hard shake. Just kind of break it up even more, and just to make sure that that cucumber juice and and some of that peel. Um, break off in the shake. So when you strain it, you don't, I, I don't do a double pour. I just, you know, or I'm, I'm sorry, I don't do a double strain. I just put my regular strainer on it and pour it. So those little pieces come out. So when you're drinking out of a straw, or even if you're sipping on it, you're getting those little pieces of that cucumber, that little hint of cucumber. And then like you chew on it and stuff. And then, you know, the flavor comes through even a little more that way. Oh, that sounds awesome. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, anybody on Hey Bart that listens to Hey Bartender podcast, if you uh, make that drink, let us know what your customers uh, think about it, and uh, I'd love to hear about it. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or email Chavo here at uniquemobilebartending at gmail.com. Cool? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, like, I, I haven't worked in a restaurant probably, it's been about, like, six years. I started the mobile bartending back in 2012. Um I was working and uh, one of my customers was getting married and, and they asked me like, Hey, would you, would you bartend a wedding or my wedding type of thing? Is that how it all started, you know? And I had no idea how to price anything out. And I was like, yeah. So I just basically went off of like, Hey, this is what I typically make. This is a good night on a Friday, Saturday night. If you could match that or, or come close to it, then like, let's make it happen. Cause at the end of the day, I started out with just a six foot folding table, my wine key and my shaker. Right. Like that's, that's what it was, you know? Um, and then like we went over drink ideas and of course they supplied everything at the time. Cause it was just, I was just doing the service. Um, but fast forward now it, it's, it's, it's been a game changer, man. I've, I've learned so much um, doing well, the, the mobile thing. Well, before we get into that, uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about your history now. Uh, I also started, uh, well, technically I started in the service industry as a maintenance guy at a McDonald's, but then my next job was, uh, being dishwasher at a corporate restaurant. I'm not going to say their name because, uh, I actually don't think they'd exist anymore, but, uh, I don't want to get sued anyway, but, uh, starting off watching, washing dishes that can, uh, now that, uh, what dishwasher is the, probably the hardest job in the restaurant industry, oh, in my uh, in my p- opinion, because I, know, I agree with you. Because washing dishes, it, you start your shift, and it just all it never ends. It feels like until all of a sudden you turn around, oh, we're closed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, 
I remember walking in like, it, and at the time I was still in high school, so I, I'd come into work after school type of thing, right? And it's right before the dinner rush. Uh, the lunch rush was already over. The the whole lunch crew was already gone. But I, I walk into like a wall of dishes, and it's like you said, never ending, you know. And you're back there for four, five, six hours, and then it's just nonstop. And then all of a sudden, like you see that wall slowly but surely getting smaller and smaller. And you look at the time, like, oh shit, we've been closed for like an hour and a half already. Like, and then it's just, you get that like second wind because now you're in a hurry to finish because mm-hmm. like you do see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? You know, <laughs> and, yeah, you you rush towards that light just because you're you've been you're sw- sweating to death, you're wet, you're you stink, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. and you got, and even though the dishes are gone, you still have a ton of cleaning to do. Uh, oh yeah, man. It, you know, not to, you know, the thing, the thing that I absolutely hated when I was dishwasher was, uh, cleaning the floor mats. Yeah. Yeah. I had to run those through the machine once. Through the dishwasher. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh God. And cause they were wet, they were disgusting. <laughs> Everybody walked all over them, all the food that fell on the floor. I remember we have to get those, uh the flat trays that we would use like for the silverware and we'd roll up those mats and use like two or three of those guys, send them through the machine. And, and I don't know about you, but we had to do it. We had to put those through like two or three times. You know what I mean? Just, and it, it was just one of those things like it had, it had to go that many times. Like that was well, like when I got trained, that's the manager was like, very, I remember like very specific, like these, not just one time you got to do it two or three times, just cause all the grease, all the food and you know what I mean? Just to make sure that they're clean and ready for the next day. Okay. Honestly, I was lazy about it. They went through once and that was the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, yeah, we definitely could. We definitely did cut corners too where we could, man, especially well, and I mean, in the very beginning, you're the new guy, right? And you're trying to do everything by the book. And, but I mean, once you go, once you get the hang of things and you're like, all right, I can cut this corner here. And, and I mean, you, you knew where you could and couldn't cut corners, you know? Sure. But uh, also being a dishwasher, that was my first opportunity to realize what tipping was. Because, yeah. uh, like I said, I'd never, uh, at that point, I had never worked in a real restaurant. And all of a sudden, at the end of the night, some of the servers would be courteous enough to give me a couple bucks off of what they made that night. And I was just how did this happen? Where did, uh, you know, why are they giving me money? And then all of a sudden I started realizing, Oh, if I go up, grab their bus tubs instead of them coming down with them or things like that, they like me more. So, uh, yeah. did, did yeah. you have that kind of same realization? Yeah. Um, a lot of times, especially on, on like a Saturday night, I would get the service and I worked with my dad too and my brother. So like they, they were real big on it and they would just come like, Hey, I got this party of five. They're just sitting there everything's pre-bust. Like you just literally got to go pull like water glasses, maybe a couple wine glasses and beer bottles. You know what I mean? Cause they were, they were ready to go. You know, they, their, their shift was basically over. The restaurant was closed and I, I was going to be there anyway. So like, they would just come like, Hey, I'll give you a couple extra bucks. If you go bust that table for me and you know, I'd, I'd go clean it up, reset it and, you know, make a, an extra five to 10 bucks per table. Plus all the other servers that would do the same thing, but they'd be like, Hey, there's a bus, t- a bus tub out there. Um, she go grab it. Here's a couple extra bucks. You know what I mean? And that's, that's where I got introduced to tipping. And I'm like, Oh, like, so I'm already getting paid my hourly. Right. Cause that's all I knew of. I'm already getting paid to be here. You're going to pay me that couple extra bucks to, to go pick up some dishes outside. Yeah, of course. Like, and it was cool because it just gave me a break from that seven hour shift, just being behind in the dish pit, you know, running water and running that hot machine all day or all night. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was cool just to get outside of the restaurant. Just out of curiosity, uh, uh, did you ever get that feeling like I did? Because when you see that huge pile of dishes and you forget to take a break or you forget to take your lunch just because you want to stay on top of all of that, did you ever that ever happen to you? (laughs) Yeah, and for for me, it wasn't. It it was you just lose track of time sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you're just you're you're like basically just head down, just because you you know you, you get in the groove. Like with anything, you you get in the zone. And you just, you just start knocking dishes out. And then like, for me, it was always like, a, I would always play like a little game. Like, all right, I want to see how, how long I can get this stack down. Right. I put a fat stack of plates and all right, I'm going to see if I can get this all done in, in like 10 minutes. And by done, I meant like rinse off through the machine on the other side, stack, and then walking on back to the, to the cooks or wherever they needed to be put away. Yeah. You know? Um, 
And then if it, sometimes there would be two of us, and then be like, "All right, cool, we're gonna we're gonna get this stuff done." Not telling God, I was always the one rinsing off and running the machine, and I would tell the guy behind me like, "Hey, this machine is not stopping. Like, we're, this machine is not gonna stop because you you put those racks through, and I don't know on, on when your experience, but on mine at the restaurant where I started, there was this little lever at the end of the uh, on the outside where to come in. So if, if the if the racks hit that little lever, it's like an automatic stop for the machine to stop. So it just doesn't keep running. Right. So I would tell him like, don't let it hit that thing. Once that if that comes out, like he was literally grabbing racks out of the dishwasher and like stacking them on the counter, and then he would go like to uh, like the salad section with stacking stuff there, and he'd t- tell me like, Chavo, like, hey, calm down, like, relax, like I'm getting backed up back here, and like me, I'm just trying to get these dishes done because. On a busy night, and I, I worked in fine dining when I first started. So on a busy night, and cooks are calling for plates, and they need salad bowls, and they need soup bowls, and they need this, and they, like, you don't tell them no. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those orders are coming in. At the end of the day, er- everybody works as a team, and and you got to keep that thing going, man. Because if not, like one little hiccup can throw the whole thing off. You know? Right. So from uh, dishwashing, uh, where did you move from there? From dishwashing, I, I started busing. Um, and it was, it was a double-edged sword because I, I started with my dad and because I was his son, right. I, I felt like I would get it a little harder, a little more grief. Like, like his expectations were super high. You know what mm. I mean? And was this a family owned, just, family owned restaurant no, or no, no, it's just, we just all worked there. And at the end of the day, like we were all family, all the, all us coworkers, oh, like, sure. it was just a real tight knit group of people that work together like literally would get together on weekends and hang out but i just feel because he was my dad there was more that he could get away with and telling me and how he directed me and to, to get stuff you know what i mean get things done versus i worked with just another server they wouldn't talk to me the way that my dad would talk to me mm-hmm. you know so like i said it, it was double-edged it was i knew he meant business i knew he wasn't messing around which was cool it helped me learn it and figure it out real fast Versus working with the other guy that wasn't going to talk to me the way my dad talked to me. It wasn't going to be as hard on me. Mm, I get you. Well, uh, I always figured that it's really important for uh, your bar staff, or well, everybody that works in the restaurant, to get along and uh, teamwork and all that sort of thing. And Oh, yeah. And it's like I told you before uh, when I invited you onto the show. This is just a casual conversation like we're all sitting at the diner late at night or, you know, uh, having – having something to eat or sitting in somebody's garage or in your case, your garage uh, uh, and having a drink before we go home and just sit back and relax and swap stories. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of what turns everybody into uh, a unique family. Uh, I think that's the way I want to put it. No. Yeah. We, we, we do the same thing. Uh, we get together after work and, you know, hit up a Denny's or, or go to somebody's house and relax and then just share like our war stories for the night, you know, like, <laughs> Hey, did you see this table or, or like these customers were jerks or, or I got stiffed here and I got stiffed there, but this guy made up for it because instead of at the time, 15%, you know, they're, they're tipping 18 and 20%. So it, at the end of the day, it, it all works out. You know, you get stiff one here, you get stiff one there, but then you always have that good table that, that gives you a good toke or even a little side toke at the end of the night on the way out, you know? Mm-hmm. So moving from uh, dishwasher to busser, uh, I remember when I worked at that corporate restaurant that uh, the bussers sometimes would take the time to help me out on the dishes when I'm uh, falling really way behind. But uh, when did you first get your uh, get your feet wet when it comes to actually interacting with the customers? Uh, bussing, when I was bussing, because at that time we would, the bussers would uh, serve, put bread and water down as soon as the, a table came in. Like that was our job, bread and water. and uh, and then I, I got introduced to like taking drink orders very early on as well. Again, because of my dad and my brother. Um, whereas all the other busters, they would they would try to, but like like I said, just my dad had those high expectations. Like, hey, this is this is how it's got to be done, mm. you know. And it, I didn't always do the drink orders, but always bread and water and, and iced tea. I would ask if they wanted iced tea because that was what we were in charge of: refilling iced tea, waters, coffees. Uh, if they wanted more bread, get them more bread. And then, of course, start pulling appetizers, salad plates, and then dinner plates, and then dessert plates, and and then 
at the end wine glasses and whatever they're not using. Right. Tell me a little bit how you uh, learned about customer service because uh, uh, in order from to work in a regular restaurant to owning your own business, you had to learn a ton about customer service. Oh yeah, and and so I, I've worked at a like a few different style of restaurants. So I I was born I say that I was born in a fine dining restaurant. That's where I started. That was my first restaurant job. Then I worked at a Sizzler, and that was good on customer service because their dishwashers there are busters too, so they're constantly coming in and out. And and even when I was at the fine dining restaurant, you know, you always get stopped by a table like, hey, can I get another drink? Or, hey, I need another beer. Or, hey, can you get my server? I want another glass of wine. And so at that point, it's like, okay, now you're interacting with these people, and you need to learn how to talk to them. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll be right back with that, bro. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yes, sir. Like, especially in the fine dining, everything's formal. Sir, ma'am, thank you. You're welcome. Here you go. Let me get, I'll be right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're always, you never want to tell a customer no in, in that situation. You always just, and then go find the server or the cocktail server. Like, hey, table so-and-so needs another Bud Light or, or whatever it is you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... A lot of times, too, if the cocktail servers or if we didn't have a cocktail server, like the server would say, like, hey, all right, I'm going to send it. I need you to go pick it up. So then I'd run to the bar, wait for the ticket to come out, you know, and the, the bartender would give me the beer or whatever it was they got ordered. And then I'd, I'd run it to the table, you know, um, and then they, they thank you for it. And then there's always that little small interaction there where they're speaking to you. And then, of course, you got to acknowledge it. You know, you can't just set it down and walk away. Sure. You know, it's like, you're welcome, you know, is there, and then, you know, you follow, is there anything else or would anybody else want something? And, but for me as very, at a very young age, I was always a people person. Mm-hmm. My aunt said that we would walk downtown and I would say hi to everybody that walked by us, you know? <laughs> yeah. So like I've, I've always been a people person, um, which is weird because like my kids are, they're real shy and standoffish. I'm like, yeah, they get that from their mom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But sometimes customer service can uh, can be really tough. I mean, you've got a uh, good personality. You uh, sound like that you can pretty much talk to anybody. But every once in a while, you hit that brick wall, that person that you, there's absolutely no way in hell that you can make them happy. And uh, tell us some secrets on how you deal with that. So it's just killing them with kindness, man. Just try not to let it get to you. And, and trust me, it, it's hard. I don't always do it. There's There's times where people, they'll, they'll get me, you know, and I just, I'm just like, fuck, you know, I like, there's just no winning. There's, you're not going to win them all. But at the end of the day, all you can do is try. And now that I'm older and I've been doing this for a lot longer, it, it's just, you you don't know what those people, what, what, what kind of day they're having. You know what I mean? Cause it, it could all be just like they had a bad day and, and you're the scapegoat. You know what I mean? You're the one that's getting it taken out on. Right. And you just got to deal with it and just, you, you got to be thick skinned, man. You got to be thick skinned and, and just be able to take it and just, just keep that smile on your face. Cause at the end of the day, we're, we're there to make tips, you know, and, and for any reason they can stiff you. They, they don't need to have a reason to not tip you. Mm. You know what I mean? We need to give them every reason in the book to tip us. So if they come in with that bad attitude and, and you know, you're not going to win them, just, just try just try even, and then at the, and then if, if even they leave just a buck, right? Then you won, right? You won because they they were already having a bad day. You already went into that situation thinking or knowing that you were going to get stiff. So to get a buck, I'm like, I'll take it, right? You know, yeah. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was you earlier this week. I posted on Instagram, uh, like uh, the customer's bill comes to two twenty four dollars and fifty cents. They give you twenty five and say, uh, oh, yeah. you know, keep the change. And, yeah, yeah. uh, your solution for that was, uh, I liked, uh, where, uh, where you said, go ahead and bring the change back and hope that they, you know, throw a little bit more on there. I really loved that answer. Yeah. And seeing that's, that's now today in, in, in my wiser days. Right. But if you would have asked me that 10 years ago, and this is true story. So I worked at a nightclub. And, you know, a guy comes up and orders a Quran, it's four fifty, and same exact thing, gives me a five, keep the change. And I brought it back, give them the, I, I would always bring your change back. It, if it was like change, change, like coins, you always got that back, even if you told me to keep it. Mm. This particular night, I was having a rough night. It was, we're a full-blown nightclub session, and uh, 
the guy just leaves the 50 cents right there. And I literally got it and I chucked it at him. Like, Hey, you forgot your change. And I threw it at him. We all have and nights I, like that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and as I did it, it was like, I fucked up. Uh-huh. Like I, I messed up right now. Like I'm going to get in trouble, but it embarrassed him so much. He turned around and gave me two bucks. You know what I mean? Oh. He was just so embarrassed. Cause it was, it was a crowded night. A lot of people, girls were around, you know what I mean? Mm. So it, it worked for me that day. Yeah. But to this day, like some of my old coworkers, like my Facebook memories will come up and like one of my old coworkers will always comment on like Chavo, I'll never forget. And she was, she was the bar manager. She was like, I'll never forget this night. Yeah. Like you threw the guy's money back at him and, and you got two bucks out of it. Like who does that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who, who throws money back at somebody to get a better tip? Yeah. I, I do. And it worked. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, well, it worked for you that night, but uh, it did. It did. It you, did. But I, I'm sure you've I matured did, over time. <laughs> no yeah no yeah now it's just uh, I, i'll take it back i'll leave it there and when they're gone if it's still there cool if it's not whatever it is what it is mm. at the end of the day man those 50 cents they're gonna add up i, I gotta i gotta like a coin jar that every time i get home with any kind of change i throw that thing and once it's full i'll go cash it in and you know 500 later i mean it's all coins yeah all bartenders have that uh special coin jar uh that they intend to fill up i had a uh one of those uh, beer buckets uh, and you know, you put the six beers in it and serve it to people. Yeah. I yeah, had one of those yeah. full and it came up to about 600 bucks one time. And uh, what's, what's your special uh, coin uh, coin jar? It's a, it's an, it's an old, I don't remember if it was an olive jar or a cherry jar, but uh, I, I, it's um I don't know if it's an olive jar or a cherry jar, but it's a, it's a good size jar. It originally was a glass one. And then through the moves and over the years, I was, I think it may have broken or something like that, but now it's just a plastic jar. I still have the lid on it. So what I like to do is I'll tape it up and I just have a little slit cut on top so I can just put coins in it. And once it's full, I'll cut the tape. And then the reason I tape is just no temptation to grab a handful of change and like go wash the car or, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Buy a couple of burritos or something from the gas station. So yeah, it's just just a, again, I don't know if it's cherry or olive jar, but it's it's a good plastic size jar. And I got a buddy that would do it fill one up he used to use like those big water jugs like yeah. Alhambra or whatever yeah he would fill that thing up and every time he'd fill it up he'd go to hawaii that was his hawaii trip money and it, it, he would fill it up in like a year or so maybe even less mm. like because he, he, he worked a couple different bars and stuff he was he's a great bartender so i mean he'd always come home with change and sometimes he would even cash in like 10 bucks and just bring a, a 10 dollar roll of quarters just to throw it in there you know what i mean mm-hmm I, uh, I've had bartender friends that did the same thing in attempt to, uh, save extra money, uh, yeah. take $10 just to throw in the coin bucket, whatever. And, uh, that was a good way for them to pretend money wasn't there until it was absolutely yeah, needed. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, anyway, let, uh, we talked about your past enough. I really wanted to learn about your, uh, unique mobile bartending. So, uh, how did that get, uh, you mentioned earlier in the show how that got started. Uh, just a friend of yours asked you to uh, bartend yeah. some uh, an event for them? Yeah, yeah, they asked me to, to do an event for them. Uh, we did it, and I had such a good time. And I, I, I made really good tips, right? And I was just like, hey, maybe I can, maybe I can do this. And so, and I'm from the era of, of Craigslist. And so that's where I, I threw out a Craigslist ad. And then I remember I, I, I still talk to the people that I did the, like, I guess technically my second bar for, um, I have them as friends on Facebook and on Instagram. And, uh, I, I went out and did, uh, it was, uh, it was a birthday. No, it was a graduation celebration. Uh, I went out and did that, uh, here locally. And again, I, I just showed up with a, a six foot table, folding table, um, a little tablecloth, my wine key. And a shaker, and uh, I, I I did the thing, man. I was out there, had a blast, uh, made a few bucks, and then just kept going, just kept updating my Craigslist ad, you know, every couple of weeks, and then slowly but surely, I mean, it didn't like take off, you know, but I would get events here and there, um, and then I was just learning like how to price things, you know, how to how to price my uh, my service fee. Um, and at the end of the day, it basically came down to like, okay, this is what I make on a good Friday or Saturday night. I have to at least make that. 
at least make that if not more, mm-hmm. you know, and, and me, I've always been from day one, very transparent with my clients. And when they ask about pricing and, and like, they'll say like, well, how are you getting that price? I'll, I'll break it down to them. I'm like, Hey, you know what? I, I'm in business um, to make money, not to lose money. You know, I've been doing this a long time and, and very early on, I was taught to, to learn the value in yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And just going above and beyond, and that's that's where the name unique came from. Like, I'm I'm not your typical dive bar bartender or your um, neighborhood bar and grill. And granted, I've worked at all these other places, but I think that's what kind of molded me into the bartender and the business person I am today. Because I have all these little backgrounds. So yeah, I've done fine dining. Yeah, I've done dive bars. Yes, I've done Mexican restaurants. I've done neighborhood bar and grills, barbecue joint. You know what I mean? So. I have all that stuff behind me and I've learned to cater to each diff- type of person, you know, type, cause everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants different things and they want different drinks and they want you to perform differently. So I feel I can do that. And by me being able to do that, well, it comes with a price, you know? Right. Um, and, and like, I tell them like, Oh, well, I, I saw, you know, this so-and-so can do this for, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Well, at the end of the day, I, I I'm a firm believer in you get what you pay for, you know, that's cool. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. don't do it. If, if that's what you want to do by all means, you know, but this is what I have to offer. This is what I bring to the table. And I have no problem telling you that I am, I, I can execute what you want. 100%. Sure. You know, because I, I know I'll go above and beyond for to, to meet your expectations, you know, meet your needs. Sure. Now, about the business of uh, mobile bartending. Now, I'm sure you uh, you bring your own liquor, I'm, I'm assuming. Actually, I, I don't. Uh, so, I don't have a liquor license just because in the state of California, um, the only people that can get a liquor license are, you need a brick and mortar. Mm. So, because I'm, I'm mobile, um, the ABC... Um, which is our alcohol um, beverage control? They would need to come out and inspect my 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 brick and mortar, but I don't I don't have one. Right. So I just provide service, and I have a mixer package. Oh, okay. So, so like, let's say you you want to book me, and we normally it's four to five drinks. So let's just say we have four drinks on there. I will bring all the mixers we need for those four drinks, and then I would provide the client with the shopping list of what liquor they need for me to make those drinks. Okay. Oh, I get it. Um, so you, you tell them, uh, get me all this stuff if you want those uh, those particular drinks. And uh, do they do they stick to the normals like the uh, the well stuff or the Jim Jack Jose, uh, or do you get some really obscure uh, liquors? Do they ever ask for anything? No, yeah. For the most part, it's it's always the normal. Every now and again, um, I, I do get like an aunt or an uncle that will come and bring me a, like a specialty bottle and like, hey, this is for me only, you know, like a VIP type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it behind the bar. And then it never fails, man. Somebody will see them. Like, let's just say it's a bottle of 1942, right? Aunt and uncle comes up like, hey, let me get two shots of that 1942. Perfect. No problem. You know, it's their bottle. I pour them two shots. Somebody sees that like 30 minutes later, they're like, Oh yeah, uh, they sent me to come get some shots, and I'm I'm real big on this, and I tell them like, you know what, I can't like that. They they specifically told me only they they're coming for that. Mm. Oh well, he just set me up here. Okay, cool. Well, then go get them for me, you know. And then they get mad at me, which I'm totally fine with. At the end of the day, I'm not trying to give this guy's bottle of 1942 away, and then he's gonna come up and order some shots, and it's gone. Right. You know, and then and then what am I gonna do? Oh well, so and so said like that's not bringing the model back. I mean. Especially if it's a specialty model like that, like one nineteen forty two is not cheap, mm. you know. So, but for the most part, yeah, it, it's just vodka, rum, tequilas, some whiskey. Um, but I, I, again, every now and again, I'll, I'll get a special special bottle brought to me, and hey, this is only for the bride and groom, or hey, this is only for me, type of thing, you know. Sure. Um, <clears throat> now you mentioned mixers. I've um, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. Uh, you have. Uh, what looks like your, your very own, uh, bottles of mix. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell me about that. All right. So yeah, that, that, uh, so I've, I've been making a Michelada mix, which is a, a red beer, um, mix for years, for years I've been doing that. So once, once COVID hit, like everything kind of came to a halt. Right. And, mm-hmm. 
us in the business, like we're not doing any kind of events at all. So I just was thinking, I was like, well, I mean, I could only sell so many Mitchell Automixes. There's only, you can only have so many of those things. You know, you get, you either get full of them or you get tired of them or you just don't want to drink. Like they're, you have to be in a mood for one, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was like, what can I do or what can I make? What other mixes can I come up with? So I, I started doing uh, margarita mixes, lemonade mixes. Um, so that, that's what you see there. So I have um, uh, peach, strawberry, mango, margarita mix. I have a Mexican candy mix. I have my regular traditional michelada, a mango michelada. Um, and then I've been playing with some stuff to, to, um, to launch here in spring and summer. So like I want to do, uh, I'm going to do some like Mai Tai mixes, uh, mojito mixes, um, just to keep, you know, keep it different. And it's, 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 it was just all about pivoting, right? Like, yeah, it, it sucks that this coronavirus came and hit us. Um, but at the end of the day, it, we, we can't let it stop us. We, we got to, we got to, we got to learn to adapt and, and keep going because people, what I've noticed is people are just getting tired of being home and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And I really think this year is going to, this year is going to be busy, man. This year, um, event bartending is, is, it's going to be crazy this year. Well, um, I, um, kudos to you for using your time during, during the COVID to, uh, uh, do something, any, anything at all. Cause I mean, it's really tempted during COVID when, uh, you have no work to just sit at home and rewatch Game of Thrones again. Let's you know, let's just say <laughs> it's really tempting just to keep you know sit and watch TV or because you really can't go anywhere, you really can't do anything. But uh, kudos to you for uh, developing your own, your own mixers and uh, the bottles. Thank lo- you. Uh, bottles look great. I love the label. Uh, honestly, thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. That label, my, my one of my buddies. So. I worked with this guy back a few years ago. I used to work for AT&T uh, in, the, in the retail sales, selling cell phones. And he, he does a, a lot of digital stuff. And uh, he's been a real big supporter, supporter of mine. And one day he hit me up and he goes, hey, send me a picture of yourself. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> he's like, yeah, go, grab your shaker, like pretend you're shaking it. And just like have your son or your daughter or your wife, somebody have them take a picture and send it to me. And I just thought, I was like, bro, if I didn't know you, like, I would think this is fucking weird. Like, you just asking for a <laughs> So whatever. I sent it to him, and I swear, not 10 minutes later, he, he sends me that. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he made that label, like, like just real quick. And then uh, I reached out. So I, I do have a, a real job, a nine-to-five. I work at a screen printing and embroidery shop. So I reached out to one of our designers there um, about getting some stickers made. And he, he got me in contact with some people. And... Um, and yeah, so I, I made those stickers and those bottles are, I've, I've gone through like three different styles of bottles. At first I was going to like the local, uh, smart and final and just picking up like those are 32 ounces. And so I was just buying some, uh, 32 ounce containers with the lids. And before that label, I had, a my wife was making them for me at her job. And they're just literally like, like little labels you would put like on an envelope that she would type like her business name and address on. Sure. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. She printed my logo on there and it had my name and my number and there were just little white stickers and that's how I was doing it. And then, uh, I got on Amazon, ordered some like long neck bottles. that looked like, like a regular bottle of vodka type of thing. Um, and those were cool. They, they were just not like stackable or, or real friendly and, and putting it in your fridge or anything, you know, mm-hmm. like they took up too much space. So we were, we, we were looking around for some more and that's where I found those bottles. And I just felt they're, they're square. You can stack them in your cooler easily. Uh, if you need to lay them down, you can lay them down. They're not going to roll around anywhere. Um, they had the, the little perforated edges, so once you screw the top on, they're, they're sealed. Mm-hmm. The, the other bottles before this, I had that heat shrink plastic, and that was it was just such a nightmare, man, just trying to get that stuff done and time-consuming. I was burning my hands with the – I was using my daughter's blow dryer trying to shrink those little plastic things around the neck. And So these these have worked out really good for me. They're, they're a little more, but – at the end of the day, I've, I've done all my work, my research, and what it costs me to make it, what it, what I'm selling it for. So I'm, I'm still making a little bit of profit. So at the end of the day, if we're in the green, we're doing good, you know? Sure. Um, now, this is something you can bring to your events with you. You don't, uh, Yeah. And at yeah. maybe tack on an extra buck or two to your service no, price. No, exactly. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll, with those, 
I'll do a 64 ounce. If so, like if they want me to bring a mix, I won't bring the 32s. I'll bring 64s, uh, 64 ounces, and I charge 10 bucks a bottle. So whatever mix they want, I'll, I'll do 10 bucks a bottle. You know, um, and I'm, I'm giving them a, a a deal or more of a break on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm making my money by them booking my service. You know, and this is just like a little extra for them if they want it. They can have it. If not, then I mean, I have no problem making a margarita from scratch or whatever. You know. Do you have your own Bloody Mary mix? So my Michelada mix does dub as a really good Bloody Mary. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, without giving away the whole entire recipe, what uh, what makes your because everybody uh, bar, two drinks that bartenders uh, every uh, where every bartender makes it different is a martini and a Bloody Mary. They're basically like fingerprints for the bartender. Now, uh, what makes your Bloody Mary, or, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Michelada? Yeah, no, uh, no, it's a Bloody Mary team. Uh, it's all good. What makes, your, what makes yours unique? Uh, so I, I used to hate making these things. Hated it with a passion, especially on Sundays working a brunch. And, like, for years, I was... I hated working Sundays just because I knew I was going to be making a shitload of Bloody Marys. Mm. And then one day I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to perfect this thing. And I literally told myself, I'm going to make this drink my bitch. Like mm. I'm, I'm going to do it. And and that's where it started. I just started messing with things. And like, I still did them the way we were supposed to at work, right. For, for the business, for the restaurant, I did theirs their way, but I kind of took that and added my own little thing to it. So I use, um, I use celery salt. And lemon pepper. Oh, okay. And then I use two different steak sauces. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Instead of just the uh, what everybody just a little bit of Worcestershire, you know, you yeah. use two different and get uh, extra flavor out of it. Correct. That's awesome. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And then it, it, it's you. You have to get the when you're when so when you're making a big like batching it like you have that the. the the quantities, the amount of, of each spice or, or sauce or, or whatever you're putting, like it has to be on point, man. It, it there was a lot of trial and error um, when when I started making these things like to sell because I wasn't just gonna make a half-assed Bloody Mary mix or a half-assed Michelada mix. Like mm. I want people to come back. I don't want them to buy one and like, eh, it's whatever, you know. And just I, I didn't want them to settle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it took me a, a lot of trial and error. Not only getting the recipe down, but then getting the portions of how much of each thing that I need to, because I, I, when I make them, I make them in 64 ounce batches at a time. Yeah. So like, I, I was like, okay, I'm not just making one. I'm not, I'm not behind the bar. It's a dash of this, a dash of that, a couple drops of this. Like it, it's, it's on a bigger scale. So it's, I, I'm, I'm going to need like five dashes of this or 10 dashes of that. You know what I mean? And that's when your grade school's math te- grade school math teachers screaming in your head, fractions will be important <laughs> later in life. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, exactly. Exactly. And like I said, I've been making the Michelada thing. I've been doing that thing for a long time. So that recipe has never changed in like the 15, 20 years that I've been making it, you know? And so my son, it's funny because he's 11 now. And uh, he, he would always watch me make them. And now he, he makes my, my Michelada mix. I, I could be at work and I'll get an order and I'll call him or I'll, I'll text him or whatever. And uh, like, hey, I need, I need two bottles. And for the longest time, he was, he was doing them no problem. And then my wife kind of planted the seed in his ears like, hey, you should see if, he'll, if your dad will pay you. So now I, I pay him. I pay him three bu- two bucks for every bottle he makes. Yeah. I usually, I'll either cash him out at the end of the week or if it's a, or if, if he wants, I'll cash him out at the end of the month. How old's you know, your son? Like he, eleven. Oh, okay, cool, good age. So every every bottle he makes, he'll go to the calendar and he'll just put a little tally marks at the end of the month. You know, if if whatever tally marks he's got, that's what he's getting paid. And if and I told him, I was helping him out at first, like, hey, you, you made me one, you didn't put it down. So now it's to the point, like, hey, if you don't mark it, I'm not paying you. Yeah, it's like you go to work, you clock in, you clock out. You know, you want to get paid, you're gonna clock in. You want to get paid, you gotta put that tally mark down. Yeah, you know, so. So yeah, he, he, he helps out a lot with those mixes. At the same time, you're teaching your son a good work ethic, like your, like your father told, taught you. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that, I like that. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I, when I noticed on your Facebook page that you had your own mixer and you have what looks like some really groovy, uh, uh, 
stuff that has uh, your logo on it and all that stuff. Um, uh, looks like it, you've uh, built built up a pretty good business, uh, and that it's impressive for mobile bartending uh, as as being Thank you, man. Uh, as being a business like that. Okay, we're going to take a short break uh, right now to introduce our musical guest. But first, I want to remind all of you, if you want to follow Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is go on to Instagram or Facebook, search out Hey Bartender Podcast, all one word, and you can check out when the new shows are coming out or when I'm feeling like I'm being clever with a new meme. Hey, it happens sometimes. So anyway, I want to introduce this week's musical guest, yeah, I like to refer to them as my house band because I use them for my theme song for the show every episode. And I'm bringing them on right now because they have just come out with a new single available on Bandcamp.com called Taking Back Monday Night. So right now, here is Lar Hope and the Arctones with their new single, Taking Back Monday Night. <laughs> Once again, that was Laura Hope and the Arctones with Taken Back Monday Night. If you want to find out more about Laura Hope and the Arctones, just follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Search them out, Laura Hope and the Arctones. If you want to hear more of their music, which is awesome, I must tell you, I'm not being biased here, get on Bandcamp.com, go check out their music. And you can on Bandcamp.com, you can find their website, you can find out where what they're doing, uh, where they're doing it. And uh, I believe that song, Taking Back Monday Night, it became like a theme song for uh, their live stream that they do. So follow them on Facebook to find out when they do their live streams from their particular location, probably their house or something like that, uh, to play for everybody because of this whole COVID epidemic. And, uh, you know, and support Lower Hope and the Arctones. Send them an email, tell them how much you love them. And don't forget to mention that uh, you heard about him through Hey Bartender podcast. And now we get back to the interview with Chavo Quintana. Now, um, without embarrassing anybody, we can totally edit this part of the show out later. But without embarrassing anybody, uh, tell me what your uh, what a normal uh, party that you would bartender for uh, bartend for, and maybe something a little abnormal if you can get away with it. Yeah, so typically I, I do. I've been doing a lot of weddings. I've gotten kind of into like that wedding scene. Um, so it's, it's it's a lot of weddings, uh, venues, um, you know, and it's it's your typical wedding. You know, you show up. I usually get there a good hour, hour and a half beforehand, get my my bar set up, and um, it, it's fun. I, I love it. It's it's you know to me it's normal because it's what I've been doing. You know. Um, in the beginning, it was just a, a lot of like little backyard parties and, you know, little smaller 30, 40, maybe 50. 
Um, the biggest event I did was last year. Um, we did a celebration of life, and it was they. It was about five hundred people. Wow! And you bartended yeah. that by yourself? No, no, no. I had uh, I, I have a pretty good team, man. I have my brother that's helped me out pretty much from day one. Uh, my stepson, my cousin, and uh, I had another friend out there with us. So there was a total of five of us. So two bartenders and a bar. I'm sorry, four bartenders and a barback. Oh wow! Yeah, for, yeah. For, uh, scared me there for a second. You just five hundred people by yourself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that line never ended, man. It, just, it reminded me of the dish room. Just never ended. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and, and that's what I've been trying to get into is booking bigger events. Um, just to, just to, because I know I can do it. You know, I know I can handle it. You know, so that that's more the normal, um, abstract or different or. Well, okay. So, two years ago, I did this little Christmas party. It was a, it was a little house party, mm-hmm. and um, it was a. I, I felt like it was almost like a lingerie party, like, but it was a Christmas party. But like everybody's like little nineties. The girls were nineties. The guys came out in robes. One guy came out in a robe, and like halfway through it, he just drops his robe, and he's just wearing like a little banana hammock, man, and just walking around <laughs> like nothing, and. And like, and he comes up to the bar and he's like, "Hey, can I get a drink?" Puts his hands on his waist and he's just like, "You know what I mean?" Like, I'm like, "Bro, like, yeah, like, 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 oh, I see you got your own stir stick, huh?" <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Okay. A little uncomfortable. Yeah, it, was just, it was weird. It was a little weird. It threw me for a loop, but I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good under pressure. I'm pretty witty. You know what I mean? I really wanted to say, like, oh, I see you brought the cocktail weenies. You know what I mean? But I went the other way instead. Because like, I, I, I didn't know how that was going to – it was just weird, man. It just threw me off guard. But I was just had to keep it going, you know what I mean? But it was mm. just – and like I said, it's this was supposedly a, a Christmas party. You sure. You know what I mean? But everybody, I was just like, wait, what, what kind of party am I at now? <laughs> Now, uh, that also brings another question into my head. Now, if you, you're in a party uh, and things start happening that you don't necessarily agree with or uh, are un- completely uncomfortable with having, do you have something in your contract or uh, your agreement with the customer if you see something go- weird going on, you get to bail? You know what? No, I, I've never really been in that sort of situation. I The, the only really big thing that, like, I go over with them, like in, in, in case of me having to bail, is uh, underage drinking or, mm. or somebody that doesn't have an ID type of thing. You know? Yeah, that in uh, in private parties that can happen a lot. Yeah, and and, and it's happened, and and so I, I from from the initial meetup with my client, I always that that's like the biggest thing that I, I emphasize on. I, I just let them know, like, hey. I, I will card people. I'm not going to card everybody. I go, but if I feel somebody's like underage or, or whatever, I will card them. And if they don't have their ID, they're not getting the drink. I don't care if, they, if they're 30 years old. You know what I mean? Mm. They don't have their ID. California state law says I can't serve them. So um, if I do see somebody that I carded with a drink and they didn't have their ID or if they're underage or whatnot, um, I'll, I'll go pull the drink um, I always ask for a contact person. Like, who can I come in contact if this situation happens? Um, and this is just my experience from working in, in like, the nightclub scene is you, you go and talk to somebody. They don't know me from Adam, right? So yeah. they're going to be more comfortable talking to the aunt or the uncle, you know? So that's why I ask for a contact person. So I'll go pull the drink, and if it happens again, no questions asked. I'm shutting it down, and I'm out. Right. You know, and that that's stated in my contract. And I always tell the people too, like, because you get these kids like, hey, man, come on, just one. I'll be 21 next month. And, you know, yeah. and I tell them, I go, hey, listen, I go, you don't want to be that guy. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, they're going to, in five years, somebody's going to ask about this wedding. And then they're going to say, oh, yeah, that was the day that John had the bar shut down because he was underage drinking. Mm. Like, they're going to remember this wedding because you fucked it up. You yeah. know what I mean? We, we, we as people tend to always remember the bad things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we'll remember the bad things first and then we're like, Oh yeah, but it was such a great wedding. And you know, we had da da da. but they're going to remember you like you're, you don't want to be that guy. Bro. Like, yeah. Don't, don't, 
make me put you that guy. You know what I mean? Just don't drink. Like, it's just that simple. Like, don't, don't drink. You, you can't drink. I, I can't serve you. Right. You know? Yeah. I remember so that, that's just one of the biggest things there. Yeah. I remember stories, uh, from I was in high school, uh, girl that we all knew was celebrating her, her quinceanera. And I didn't, uh, I didn't go to the thing. I don't, I don't even think I was invited, but, uh, uh, some of my friends did go to that thing and they were talking about that the, uh, the bartender was pretty much serving everybody and it didn't matter who oh, they yeah. were. And I was just like, wow, really? And, and they were there and they pretty much, I didn't really look down on them or anything like that for it. And, but they were, uh, I remember one of my friends just basically telling me tequila's bad, very bad. <laughs> Cause he had a bad experience with it, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, that, uh, Keeping keeping tabs on that sort of thing in a uh, banquet type of situation that that can be really tough. Uh, yeah, because you want to stay in good with your customer, and uh, is no customer I'm sure uh, uh, has any customer ever put you in a bad place. Just go ahead, give them one or they they've tried. Um, I, I'm I'm okay with telling people no. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've, it's your so, livelihood that's on the line. No, that and and I mean I, I have I have way too much on the line. Yeah, you know, like I have way too much to lose just to to give you know this kid a drink that you know he just wants to drink and have fun with everybody else. And it's just it's truly not worth it to me. And and I've I've learned just to it, it's okay to say no. And even when when people book me and and they inquire right and oh you're a little out of my budget. I'm, I'm sorry. You know I, I wish there was something we could do. At the end of the day, I, I can't bartend every single one. You mm. know what I mean? There, there's no way possible that I even, – even if I had a team of 20 people, there's no way I can do every single one. And I have a lot of – not a lot, but, I mean, I have a few other bartender friends, mobile bartenders, and, and I mean, I'll refer them. You know what I mean? Like, hey, talk to – because I, I don't know what they charge. I, I don't know if they charge the same as me. They charge more than me. They, they're, but at the end of the day, I have no problem referring to another mobile bar service just because I know I can't do them all. And, and I have no problem helping other people out too. Like last weekend I helped out a buddy at, uh, at one of his gigs and then I've helped out a couple other buddies. And this weekend I'm helping out the same buddy this weekend, uh, tomorrow for another gig. So I, and they'll try to, they'll ask me like, Hey, do you have this book, this date book? And I tell them, Hey, book it, book it. I'll come work for you. Like why, why my thing is I'm real big on customer service. So like, why, why put, the client through that and try to have them go talk to somebody else. If you can book it, if you're that close to booking it, book it. I'll come and work for you, man. Just let me know what I need to do. Let me know what time it starts. What do I need to bring? If I need to bring my whole setup, I'll come bring it all. If, if you have everything in there and I just need to show up, I'll show up. Just book it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just do it. You, you have them literally in the palm of your hand. They're, they're right there. Just close the deal. Tell me what time I need to be where, and I'll, I'll show up, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Uh, everybody helps out each other. That's nice. No, yeah, well, it's in the, the, the thing. No, go ahead. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Well, the thing is, is like, w- when I first started, I wish there was somebody there helping me like that and showing me, you know what I mean? But there wasn't. And I think now there's a lot more, like, this. the mobile bar industry is, is picking up, you know, and then especially with COVID, a lot of bartenders are out of work. So mm-hmm. they're they're trying to pivot too, you know what I mean? And so I, I have no problem trying to help out and, and spread whatever knowledge I can, even if it's just like 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 your juice bottles, right? You can go to a restaurant store and pick up those little white juice bottles that you use to pour your cranberry and OJ in, right? Mm-hmm. When I first started, I was using a sweet and sour bottle. I, I would soak it in hot water, peel the label off, get some little goo gone, clean it up, and I was using those for my juice bottles. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of people don't think of stuff like that. They're just like, oh, I need to go buy this. No, you don't. You, you have sweet and sour. When you run out of the sweet and sour, don't throw it away. Wash it. Clean it. There's your there's your orange juice bottle. There's your pineapple juice bottle. There's your cranberry juice bottle. You know what I mean? Like those little things, I wish somebody would have taught me that because yeah. I was tossing that stuff and, and I had to go buy stuff. I had to go buy things that if I knew the stuff I know, know now then, there's there's – there's little loopholes, you know what I mean? There's little life hacks, I guess you can call them. Mm. But it doesn't sound like that uh, you're, uh, like I've talked about before, when I'm uh, in the small town that I used to bartend in, 
all of us bartenders were really never in competition with each other. We, uh, there was always that party line that we jumped on and said, Hey, this dude's drunk, watch out for him. Or, uh, or we'd all come from our respective bars to the local Denny's and sit at a big round yeah. table, swap stories. It doesn't sound like that you're really in competition with the other mobile bartending companies. No, see, and that's what I tell people too. Cause like I'll, I'll get a, a little like a DM or, or Facebook messengers like, Oh, there's some new competition. I'm like, well, no, nah, they're not competition. They're, they're friends, man. Like let's, we're, we're all in this together. We're all after the same goal. And like I said, there's, there's no way I could do every single one of them. There's, there's plenty of pie for us to eat for everybody. To eat. You know what I mean? Sure. And if I, if I can help somebody that's just starting out, just, just a, the, the smallest amount, you know what I mean? With any, anything, I, I'm okay with that. You know? Sure. I, I have no problem. Like if, if, let's say you're brand new to this and you wanted to start up a business today, I would literally have you come over. We talk and I, t- I would break it down. Like, Hey, this is how I do it. This is what I charge. This is why I charge this. This is how come I can charge this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I have no problem. Just like I said earlier, I'm, I'm transparent with my clients and, and I have no problem being transparent with any other mobile bartender that, that needs help. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I don't see people as competition like that. Like right. everybody, let's just, let's just get out there and make this money together. Let's help each other. You mm. know? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. And uh, in the long run, it, it just becomes, uh, I can't do it, but I can, uh, there's another guy. I'll see if he can do it and oh, yeah. you help each yeah, other absolutely. out. That's, and that's absolutely. totally cool. I've, uh, and, and that's what I do. I'll, I'll reach out. I'm like, Hey, I got a client like, th- and this is how I lead it off. I'll, I'll reach out to my buddies and I'm like, Hey, I got a potential client. I'm booked, but they're looking for this date. Mm-hmm. And they'll either respond yes or no. And then if they say yes, then I pass on their, their contact info to the client and, you know, go from there. Or if they tell me, Hey, you book it and I'll come help you. Then, then I'll book it. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to book it and then be worried about having the help to, to run that bar. Because if I'm already booked somewhere else, you know what I mean? So I always just double check. If somebody can somebody is willing to work it for me, I'll book it and, you know, I'll pay them accordingly. I have no problem with that, you know? Sure. And, yeah, that's uh, that's really cool that uh, everybody can get along like that. Uh, because there's really no need for competition when it comes to bartending. But Nah, Nah, and and like I, I wish, I wish there was like a cool little, like mobile bar community within us, like locals, right? So that way we can all kind of talk and just just so we're all on the same page, like like a little bartender society type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just so just so we know we're, we're all on the same page. We're we're all setting up ourselves for success and we're encouraging each other and, and sharing those little nuggets with each other, man. You know, like there's, there's nothing wrong with, with sharing some knowledge, man. Like if, like I said, man, if, if I can help you out in the smallest way possible, I'm totally happy with that. But at the same time, I have no problem helping you out in a big way if I can too. Sure. You know? Okay. So, uh, 2020, obviously it was tough on everybody. I'm sure it was tough on you. Uh, you're un- unable to book gigs or anything like that. But like I said, uh, I greatly admire you for being able to uh, start your start your own mixer business. Uh, uh, do you have plans for the future on that? Yeah, so I uh, I would like to try to get into like stores. Um, there's there's a and with this 2020 COVID thing, like there's a lot of people that are doing like Mitch lot of mixes and, and other type of mixers and. And there's this stuff, I don't know if, if how it is out there, but there's this stuff that's, um, it's called rim dip or rim paste. Um, people put it like on their, on their beers, their cans or their glasses. Oh yeah. And it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a, like a reddish color they use. It's called chamoy, which is like a plum paste. It's a Mexican candy type of thing. So there's a lot of people that are doing this stuff and, and you're starting to see it more and more in like liquor stores, gas stations. I started seeing it at one of the big box stores out here too. And so like, I was like, dude, that that would be cool. That that would be cool to be in a store, you know. Just so, for whatever reason, if somebody tries to place an order with me, and, and let's just say I'm at an event, and obviously I can't make anything while I'm at an event. Hey, well they can they can go to the run to the local gas station and pick up a bottle now. You know what I mean? Sure. And not have to wait for me to to mix it for them. Um. So that that's always been like a little goal of mine to to try to do. 
but at the same time, it's just like, all right, well, I'm because I, I do have my regular job right now, so I feel like I'm not like a hundred percent invested in the business. I mean, I'm staying busy, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm still out doing stuff and, and booking events. I'm still selling mixes on the weekends and or even during the week, and everything's made to order. So like, I just I just don't want to get too busy where that's all I'm doing is just making mixes. I don't want to lose focus of the event bartending part of it. Sure. Yeah. You I know. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, so anyway, we're coming up, uh, to the end of the show here. Um, thank you so much for taking some time out, uh, to be on my show. Uh, great talking to you. Um, thank you for having me, man. This is a blast. Yeah. Um, why don't you uh, give people your contact information? Uh, let people know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, so my name is Chavo Quintana. I am uh, with Unique Mobile Bartending. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Unique Mobile Bartending. Um, and shoot me an email if you have any questions at UniqueMobileBartending at gmail.com. All right, so that is the end of today's show of Hey Bartender Podcast. Thank you so much, Chavo Quintana for being on the show. It is last call, last call for alcohol people. Uh, uh, like I said, thank you, Chavo, for taking some time out and telling us about your history and uh, your future plans for, uh, and, you know, it's, like I told the guy, uh, it's inspiring. Some of you guys are able to, instead of sitting walling, wallowing around in pity or whatever, uh, re-watching Game of Thrones or something like that. You're actually doing something with your life and uh, making uh, making something to uh, for a business and actually seeing possible success out of it. I'm really impressed with you guys that are doing that sort of thing right now. So, uh, but so thank you, Chavo, for being on the show. Also, Laura Hope and the Arctones, I love you guys. Thank you so much for letting me use your new song on the show. Remember, if you want to go check out Laura Hope and the Arctones, get on bandcamp.com. You can listen to all their music. They're also available on iTunes. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. You can find them on YouTube. Uh, uh, and they're, they have a website, laurahope.net, I think it's called. Yep, I was right. Cool. Uh, go check out their uh, go check out their music. They're just awesome people, and uh, I love uh, talking with them, and because they're so generous with their music and their time. So anyway, remember you can follow Hey Bartender Podcast on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook. Both Hey Bartender Podcast, and uh, I do have a TikTok channel. Uh, it'll pretty much it'll just let you know when the new episodes are coming out. And uh, don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com and pick yourself up a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt. They're available for $15 right now. Go get yours now. And thank you so much for all you listeners out there listening to Hey Bartender Podcast, and thank you so much for the support. Uh, Keep listening to Hey Bartender Podcast for the next upcoming weeks because I've got some uh, pretty big things coming up, or at least big to me. Uh, I got some stuff coming up that's going to be pretty cool. So you'll want to listen in for that. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got.